to 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions to by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Excellent. Well, we come to start our new series in the book of Hebrews. And uh, if you're wondering about the name, it's not he brews, it's not talking about men brewing beer, uh, just in case you were wondering. Uh, it's a book about faith, it's a book about Jesus, it's in our Bible. Uh, and I love this picture over here uh, on the side that, that Noah's put up in his creativity, uh, the idea that we can find an anchor for our souls, that we can find hope, uh, a central theme throughout this book. Is, uh, is Jesus and looking to him. So we have much to look forward to uh, as, we, as we look at this uh, book. And I have a question for you today. Um, uh, that's not working, guys. I'm not sure if it's plugged in correctly. Uh, but uh, a question in the next slide. Uh, have you heard from God? It's also the title of the talk. Have you heard from God? Do you believe that God has spoken to you? Not just sort of humanity, but has God actually spoken to you, to you as a person? Has God said something and got your attention? And are you listening? Are you taking on board what he said? I just wanted us to think for a moment about uh, communication. 
uh, and good communication. Because we're in a time when there is an explosion of communication. Digital communications, digital age. We pull our phones out and there's all these hundreds of forms of communication that we can have. And there's things that have come and gone in the last 10 years that we can think of, of different forms of communication. But um, our society thrives on, on good communication. Um, join with me for a moment. What, what makes good communication? What makes communication good? Listening, yeah. So the, the receiver gets the message, yes. Okay, the same frequency, yep. That's good. It's not sort of all lost in the, in the, in the journey. Yep, very good. Anything else? Good contents. Yep. Mm, that's right. So there's sort of the... There's, it needs to be delivered in an appropriate way, um, but then it needs to be heard and then perceived, and there's all sorts of stuff that needs to go on in good communication. Yeah. There's ways that we can help communication to be good, isn't it, ourselves? Because we can sort of put our hands in our ears and block it out, uh, or we can be a bit more open to it. But communication matters. Think about it for a moment. Think about businesses. Do they succeed based on communication? I would say so. Many businesses have failed through really bad communication. Of course, there's a product that every business has, but it's also about communication. Um, And I would say that it's not also about the product they sell. I bet you, for example, McDonald's, many of people would admit that there are better places to buy a burger, and yet it is marketed to us so well that we still find enjoyment by having a lesser quality product, even when we go and eat something at McDonald's, just because we've been told it's good, and we've let that sink in, all the advertising, and they're succeeding, and it's so accessible for us. And what about politicians? Uh, Their success is based on communication, surely. Their poor communication, their good communication, whatever. Many have got into many uh, amounts of trouble. We know that's true of relationships with our friends, in our marriages, uh, in our family situation. Relationships need good communication. Otherwise, they start to really suffer. And what about churches? There are churches around that are poor communicators and they're closing. They've lost the ability to communicate with their own congregation, it seems, to to speak to this world, uh, to to speak to newcomers. The the, the message is the same. The, The good news of Jesus is the same in every church and yet some churches are thriving and some churches the message has been lost somehow or its transition or transmission, its communication has been lost and churches are closing. It's not to say that Jesus has changed, but it's the communication. And so we can see that communication makes a huge difference. And what I want us all just to stop and reflect on and remember is that God has spoken to each of us. God has communicated God has spoken. And as we see, uh, He has spoken in a loud way. God has chosen to speak to us. He has chosen to communicate in a wonderful way, way to us. To communicate a message to this world that there is peace now. 
that there is forgiveness available from God. God has chosen to say that there is life for you and for me. And God has not chosen to speak through a prophet of old. He has not chosen to speak through an angel. He has not chosen to speak through some sort of tablet that's been sent down from heaven. God has chosen to speak by His Son. By His Son. And as we look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, the next slide, we see that. God has spoken through His Son, Jesus. Jesus, the one who lived a perfect life. The one who was a perfect example. The one who was perfectly revealing God to us. So let's see what it says. It says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. God has spoken to us. There was an old way of speaking, and that way was God speaking through prophets. We open up the Old Testament, and there are various ways, and there's significant ways that God spoke to broken people, but His words came, and then through those broken vessels or those people, God spoke into the community of faith. But now, we see in these last days that we live in, God has spoken to us, and who was it by? Jesus, His Son. It says so, so clearly. It's clear as day. We'll go to our next slide. God has spoken to us and He has spoken to us. It's all about Jesus. So the same question I started with, have you heard from God? Have you heard God speak Jesus into your life? Have you heard something of Jesus? And have you let that good news of Jesus sink into your life? into your hearts, into your souls. And there is a challenge here for us. If God is speaking, we need to listen. We need to take a hold of what God has said because we saw God has spoken through Jesus and it's about us to take that on. It's about us to get a hold of that. And for us here who claim to be following Jesus, that means that we should be really familiar, completely familiar with what has been said and spoken about Jesus. And the best place for us to do that in our current day is to pick up the eyewitness accounts, to pick up Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and to read them and to get familiar with the words that he spoke, the life that he lived and let Jesus saturate our lives. I bet you there would be parts of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John that we wouldn't know if I asked us some questions that we wouldn't fully know. You know, what were the seven woes that God spoke against some of the Pharisees? We wouldn't be able to list them all. There are details that we could dig in deeper and, and, and find out. And it's important that we, we, we find out more of Jesus and let it sink in. Because this is God speaking to us. His goodness. And the point that is being made here is that Jesus is just not some special angel. He's just not a prophet of old. Jesus is greater. Jesus is far greater. Greater than everyone and everything. And that's where the passage continues to talk about how significant and great Jesus is. Let's have a look at some of the things that talks about Jesus being and the positions he's been given. The first one I've highlighted 
What does it say about Jesus, where he's been appointed? He's been made as... That's right, heir of all things. Does that say some things or all things? All things, that's right. Jesus will inherit everything. Everything that's good, of worth in this world, Jesus will inherit. How many people do we see striving along in life at the moment trying to get more things? Trying to get more stuff? If only they would just turn to Jesus and ask of him. Jesus is going to get everything and he's so willing to share it with us. And yet our lives get caught up in busy doing, 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 doing. Get connected with Jesus and we will have it all. Strive ourselves and we'll never have it for lasting time or significance. And then it says also the next thing about Jesus and his significance. Through whom also, as it's highlighted, he made the universe. Jesus is not only going to get all things, but he was involved in the creation. He made it. Jesus was working uh, through the, the work of God the Father, assigning him the task of creating, making the universe. God made it all. He's going to inherit it all. And of course, we see that is fully found in Jesus. Jesus is involved in everything that exists. And we see that the greatness of Jesus continues because it talks about the Son, that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Just stop and think about that for a moment. When did we see God's glory spoken of in the Old Testament? When do you think we saw God's glory being spoken about? Moses saw just the, just the very glimpse of it and that transformed him. What else do you think we saw in the Old Testament? David had a, a glimpse of, of God's glory. Isaiah. Maybe the temple, exactly. In, in the, the temple, God's dwelling place was there, but it, people couldn't even access it. Yeah, so there's glimpses that people saw. But now, in Jesus, in God's Son, people can see and receive the radiance of God's glory in its fullest way. Jesus has come, and so by looking to him, there is the radiance of God's glory. Beautiful. And then we see the next. What's the next thing that's highlighted? Who Jesus is. This is a key one. Yeah, the exact representation of his being. It's a bit like... Um, the, the best translation I think I've read, it's like a stamp. We make a, a stamp image of something that comes out perfectly. And so here we see Jesus being the exact representation of his Father. His character, his, his love, his, his goodness, perfectly shown to this world. Jesus Christ shows us perfectly what God is like, who God is, because he is fully showing us God the Father. That's a beautiful reminder for us. If we want to see more of God the Father, more of God, who do we look to? Jesus, because he is the perfect representation, the exact stamping out or the exact representation of God amongst us. And we see here as well that Jesus is sustaining all things by his powerful word, words. Isn't that significant? Jesus 
sustains life. He gives us breath in our lungs. He, he gives us good things. He sustains the seasons. The work of God continues through His Son, Jesus, in sustaining this world. God continues to provide. He continues to bless this world in many ways. God is present and it is sustained by Jesus. Jesus is great. And if this isn't enough, talking about the greatness of Jesus, for us to put Jesus up high, it continues. Because it talks about what he's done. Uh, in the next slide. Because uh, it's, sorry, that's it. Because it says that after he had provided the what? The purification for sins. The work that Jesus came to, to do to save people, to save you and me. That wonderful act that we're going to focus more on in communion in a little while. He did that. And then that work is finished because Jesus sat down. He sat down in a position of authority and honour at God's right hands. A position that is beyond all positions. That is in heaven, in majesty, at God's right side. That is where Jesus is. He's in heaven at God's right side. This is a question I get all the time in Scripture. Well, where's Jesus? Where, where is he? Where's he gone? Well, it's clear. He's in heaven. He's at God's right hand. He's, he's in this position of, of honour. And he lives. He is alive and he will return. It is a question for us all to remember that Jesus lives and that he is alive in heaven in his splendour being honoured for his finished work that he accomplished for you and for me. And so verse 4 comes along. And in reference to all that we've just read, in reference to these few verses just at the start of the book of Hebrews, it says, So he, that is the Son, Jesus, became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Jesus is greater than everyone, everything, every angel, every being. Jesus is above every single name that exists. Because who knows what the name Jesus means? What's that? Well, close. That's a title that Jesus was given, Emmanuel. God saves. It's, it talks about the key word there is, is, is saves or saviour. God saves or saviour is what his name means. But also the very title son, to be God's one and only son, puts you in a position of honour already. Whether this is referring to his name as the son or whether it's referring to his name Jesus, it doesn't matter. It shows that he has the name which is above it all. He's lived it all out. He's now in his glorious position. So Jesus is superior. He is greater than every other name. He is greater than the angels. So if we go to the next slide. That's exactly the point. Jesus is greater. He is greater and God has spoken. He has spoken to each of us. God has spoken through a person. God has spoken through his son, perfectly showing God to us. Jesus is greater he is greater than everyone. Just stop and think for a moment. Anyone that's alive for a moment and even just try to compare them to Jesus. Think about it. Who could you compare to Jesus? Who, a leader. 
Who, who leads the nations at the moment? Can we compare them to the name of Jesus? Absolutely. Of course we can't. What about anyone of the past? Can we compare any name to Jesus? No, we cannot. Jesus is greater. What about anything, any object or anything that's been created? Can we compare that to Jesus? No. What's that? The Bible. Yeah. God is greater. Then there is a call for us in all of this, in acknowledging Jesus' gratefulness, for us to put Jesus at the centre position of our life as number one. I'm sure we would all agree that the most beneficial position, the best position that we can possibly put Jesus in as Lord, as, as, as guide, as ruler, as, 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 as the champion over our lives. The best posture, position we can have in life is to elevate Jesus and to choose him to make him so significant, the rightful spot in his greatness. Because as this chapter continues, we see that people don't always do that. That's the sad reality. The reality is some people were trying to claim that Jesus was just an angel or something. He wasn't of significance. And that's why we have all those references that continue. As we go on uh, to the next slide, all these references that continue. But they're Old, quest, they're old Testament references uh, and, and they had their own fulfillments, but they find a greater fulfillment in Jesus, the greatest possible fulfillment. And so the point has been made that God didn't say these predictions about anyone else. He made them about Jesus. And they show that Jesus is far superior this one on the screen here in verse 8 and 9, it's talking about how Jesus has been given a kingdom that will never end, that it will continue forever, that the kingdom that Jesus brings about is full of justice, is full of right living, that it will take away that which is wrong. God has given this to Jesus and it is a joyful thing, it is a good thing. Now there are people today that believe that Jesus is not the very Son of God's. And they actively meet and even pretend to be a church. I'm thinking specifically here of the Jehovah's Witnesses, the JWs. They believe that Jesus is just a mighty angel, a significant angel. But there they miss the points. They haven't, I don't even know what they possibly think when they read Hebrews chapter 1. How could they possibly claim that Jesus was just a superior angel, one of the, 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 the significant angels? Jesus is so much greater. And so this is for something to us to take on board and to think through. We'll go to the next slide. Because it's so easy in this world around us to start pushing Jesus down, to start reducing Jesus. Many people today start pushing Jesus down. Oh, I'm too busy for Jesus. I couldn't possibly take notice of what God is saying through Jesus. I'm too busy. Or maybe, I think I know better. I've heard some science or something like this that's discounted Jesus. I'm going to push Jesus down under the rug. I'm going to squash him out of the way somewhere. Jesus doesn't really appeal to what I want to achieve in life. Jesus is too outdated with that old book that talks about him. Jesus is too hard to follow. He asked me to give up on things. I'm not going to do that. 
It's too costly. There are many reasons why people are reducing Jesus all around us, and we see it. There are many people today that have no regard for Jesus at all. They've pushed him aside. That same problem was happening back at these days, and that's why at the start of the book of Hebrews, they're saying, don't reduce Jesus down to be an angel. Don't reduce him down to just being a good teacher. Don't reduce him down to being just a healer. Jesus is greater than that. He is the Son of God. He is showing God to us. Look to him and the radiant glory of Jesus and you will find everything. Nothing new under the sun, just as people tried to reduce Jesus back then, they do today as well. And it's up to us to choose not to reduce Jesus, but to elevate him in our lives, to put him on high. Okay, a little formula. We'll go to the next one. Anyone good at maths here? One plus one equals two, that type of stuff. Jesus plus, oh, I'm a bit, don't like that. Jesus plus, what does it say? Nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. There we go. Jesus plus nothing. What else do you need but Jesus? Nothing equals everything. Jesus is God, David. He is God. That's the whole point. We don't need anything else. We don't need something more than Jesus. We put our faith in Jesus and we have it all. We have God's blessing. We have his everything all given to us. But sadly, Christians included start adding things to Jesus. Maybe you can call that. What do you think that someone, a Christian might add on to Jesus plus something? What might they do in their lives? The way that they live out their lives, their heart's desires might be Jesus plus something. What do you think it could be? Trying to, yep, so moving away from grace. So we might say Jesus plus my good works are going to equal some stuff. Yep. What else do you think it could be? Jesus plus money, that's right. I'm going to live for Jesus, but look, I want my bank account to grow. And more and more and more. That's a focus for me. Yeah, what else? Okay. Yeah, so a... uh, uh, Yeah, taking for granted. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anything else that sport? <laughs> there are so many idols out there, and Christians included can add things. Our careers. How many people is it? Well, I don't know if that person actually loves Jesus more than their career. They seem to talk a lot about their career. <laughs> that's true, Dave. That's true. Worldly success or fame? Mm. There are choices we have to make, and sometimes. Mm. No, that's right. Absolutely. And there's a little line down the bottom of that as well. You probably can't read it, can you? Yeah. Take Jesus out of the picture and what are we left with? Nothing. Nothing. Sadly, that's where many people head at the moment. They're taking Jesus out of the picture and we don't have anything of God left at all. 
course, Jesus remains, which is good. God has spoken. Has God spoken? He has spoken through His Son, and His Son has His name, and His name is Jesus. And that is all that we need. We don't need every, anything else. Jesus is all that you need, all that I need. Let us not reduce Jesus down. Let's not add anything to Jesus. Let us be happy, sufficient, all embracing of Jesus and put him in his rightful place, as this passage does, as supreme, as Lord over everything, including our lives. Let us do that. Let's pray. Lord God, we acknowledge your greatness. We acknowledge the greatness of our Lord Jesus. Lord, reveal to us more of you. Reveal to us more of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we are so grateful that you have spoken. And we are so grateful that you have spoken in such a powerful way through the name, through the example, through the life of Jesus. Help each of us to listen, to take the good news of Jesus and let it sink into our lives in a deeper way. And Lord, may that goodness, may it be a blessing to those around us as well as we share Jesus. So we just commit this all unto you now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now going to uh, move to a time of communion as we continue to reflect. Jesus provided the purification for our sins.